Welcome to the Everything Leafs podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza, writer at the Leafs Nation. Nick, we got an exciting time coming up. We got an exhibition game tomorrow, finally, and then playoff hockey just around the corner. Uh, I want to. I think today. Uh, I know you wrote a, a in-depth playoff preview about the Leafs Blue Jackets matchup. I actually just put out a, a, a keys to the series piece today. But before we get into Columbus. Wanted to ask you about uh, the lineup quickly. So I think the big news, just looking at the lines and over practice the last few days, um, as we as we talked about last episode, uh, you have Marner with Tavares, Mikhaev. You have uh, Matthews with Nylander and Hyman. But I think the big news is on that third line, Nick Robertson. What are your thoughts on Robertson there? What are your thoughts on this? You know, potential game one lineup at the moment um i like it i mean i think when talk you comes to the top six um you know you have to be a fan of it i think they have two really good lines um i felt that in the past the leafs have kind of lacked really good left wingers and um you know hyman's really come into his own this year and i think we've we're kind of seeing what he's all about and i mean it's not like he hasn't played well in past years but when he has that goal scoring touch this year it's, it's been really nice and then uh, the Leafs have, don't have Janssen this year, who's been good in past years, but Ilya Mikheyev looks like he is healthy and looks like, you know, just gen- based on the buzz around him uh, in training camp, it looks like he's ready to go. When it comes to Robertson, I think that I've seen a lot of people um, kind of look at it and say, what if he's not ready? What if he's too small? What if Columbus bullies him around? And what if he is defensively he's not there which something I I expect I don't expect him to be too good defensively but I think the point is is that in past years the Leafs have kind of shoved guys that are a little bit younger to the bottom of the lineup Kapanen comes to mind uh, in 2017 Um, Janssen comes to mind in 2018 putting these young guys on the fourth line and not giving them a fair shot over players that are a little bit more experienced, such as Marlowe, Komarov, uh, Connor Brown to a certain extent. But so I think the point is here is is Robertson's going to get a fair shot. If it doesn't work out, worst case scenario is you, you have him as the 13th or 14th forward and he comes in due to an injury. So he's going to get a good shot. He's really going to help that second power play, I think. And the Leafs have really struggled this year to generate um, scoring chances from the bottom six and partly due to injury. But... Again, I mean, I just think Robertson's really going to help. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's, they, they didn't lose anything. Yeah, I think playing him over Gauthier, for me, is a smart decision. Uh, I, I think, and we'll get into Columbus in a second here, but Columbus is so good at just taking away the front of the net. And I think having a player who can make medium dangerous chances, high danger chances, just with his shot, uh, is going to be a weapon. So I think that third line, as you said, is going to be very key. Um, but let's get into Columbus here, and, and I, I think that'll kind of emphasize why I really want Robertson to play in this series. When you think of the Columbus Blue Jackets, what comes to mind at first? Um, like before we go kind of player by player here uh, through their roster, what, what are your general thoughts on the Columbus Blue Jackets? Well, I think that right away, the first thing that anyone thinks of is they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a team that works extremely hard. Um, this is something we saw with against the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. Now, they're not a very similar team, but I think those intangibles are going to carry from last year to this year. 
Uh, John Tortorella teams are usually very structured and, and work very hard. So that's one thing that right away is going to pop out um, as the series starts. The next thing is definitely their team defense. Um, their forwards, you know, today Columbus released their forward lineup. And I saw a lot of a sort of over overconfident Lee fans out there saying that this it, it doesn't look very good on paper. I mean, you look at the team, it, it looks like a, a non-playoff team, a team that, you know, probably a lottery team. Um, but when you kind of dive in a little deeper, they are very, very, those forwards are very good defensively. And I almost feel like their defensive group gets a lot of that shine uh, of being very good. And I, I think they are quite good, but I think a lot of their team defense is driven from their their forwards' ability to play defense. And even to a certain extent, when I, I look at those goaltenders, and we're going to get that into them more, um, we're going to dive deep into them a little later, but uh, I, I think they're good. But I think Columbus has had, you know, Corpusalo, they had Bobrovsky before, now they have Elvis playing well. Like something's got to give. And I think it's their defensive structure, especially this year. They are so good defensively that, you know, if I'm a goalie, like I want to play for Columbus. Yeah, I think pick your stat. Like expected goals, I think they came third. Goals, they're top five. Uh, and then if you just look at their shot, the shots they allow, there's a huge area in front of the net where you just can't get a shot off them. And I'd love to say that when the Leafs played Columbus this year in their two matchups, that the Leafs kind of found a way and, and the offense beat the defense. That wasn't really the case. The Leafs did not get many chances in front of the net. Uh, there's a lot of shots from the perimeter. Columbus will give you a fair amount of shots. It's just they're not going to be great shots. So uh, I, I do think that just when I look at that team, I see a, a ton of big defensemen, Rensky, Jones, and you have two solid defenders in Gavrikov and Savard. Uh, Murray and, and Dean Cookin are both big guys as well that they can defend fairly well. Um, and then, as you said, the forwards. Nick Foligno is an outstanding defensive forward. Riley Nash, even though he's the fourth-line center, he's a fantastic defensive forward. Oliver Borkstrad had a great year defensively. Uh, even Foodie, who's who's just kind of breaking in here. We'll see if he if he plays all five games, but he's known for he's known for his defense. So uh, it is going to be a very classic offense versus defense series. I think if you look on paper, you you'd think that the Leafs have a huge advantage, but Columbus does find a way to defend really well. Uh, it's almost like Minnesota Wild hockey. I think they're you know, an average team. Um, they actually matched the Leafs in the standings this year in regulation, just regulation points percentage. So it is more even matched than it probably looks on paper, but I do think the Leafs have the edge. It's just what comes to mind for me for Columbus is just outstanding defense. Right, of course. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when uh, the Leafs shooting talent, I think is is a bigger difference. There's a bigger difference between Toronto's offense and Columbus's offense than, to me anyways, than there is to Columbus's defense and Toronto's defense. Uh, and then when you factor in special teams, I think Toronto's going to get the edge. Uh, but I, I definitely think this is going to be a close series because uh, Columbus does... The things that the Leafs generate a lot of offense, and that's through rush, that through the rush, that's, um, you know, even when they're in the zone, they, they Toronto does, especially under Keefe, has done a lot better of getting to the high danger areas. But off the rush, Columbus is spectacular at limiting um, odd man rushes and rush chances and the things that the Leafs struggle with especially in the past under Babcock like I'd be very scared in this series under Keefe I'm a little bit more comfortable because the Leafs really for example on their breakout I think the breakout under Babcock would have had trouble um, against this Columbus team they are very good on the forecheck they 
generate a ton of chances off the forecheck and off the cycle, which is when it comes to the cycle, uh, I'm still scared because I think the Leafs haven't really gotten any better in terms of defending, but um, they've definitely got better at creating offensive zone um, high danger chances. And also on their breakout, I'm, I, I like it a lot better under Keith. Yeah, I'm not, in terms of one coach to the other, I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into it. I think we might see, in terms of ice time, we might obviously the power play changed. Um, but when I just focus, just focusing solely on Columbus for now, I think the defense is, is what could steal them a series. They're, they're goaltending, obviously they're very young, they don't have much of a track record. But when you're not facing a lot of high-danger shots, it, it gives you a chance to be successful. I think that's basically how they had a surprising amount of success this year. Um, when you compare Columbus to last year's version, the version that swept Tampa, the, the first-place team, in four games, how do they compare? I know they lost Panarin. Um, can we take anything away from that series last year, or is it just a completely different team? Well, I think... First and foremost, you can just take from that series that anything can happen in a, in a seven-game series and any, anything more random can happen in a five-game series. Tampa looked unbeatable last year during the regular season, and Columbus, a team that I think everyone... I, I think Tampa went up 2 nothing in the first game, and I remember right. watching that game and thinking to myself, like, I was laughing. I was like, this is a joke. Like, this shouldn't even be a series. I, I remember switching the channel, coming back at the end of the game, and then seeing that Columbus came back. So I think one, like first and foremost, anything can happen. Now, in terms of um, the way Columbus plays, I think they're a pretty different team than last year. Like you said, they lost Panarin. They lost Duchesne. Um, but also, just in the stats, they at 5-on-5, five five, they're a pretty different team. Last year, they were pretty much a top-10 team offensively, probably around 10th. Um, and they were a bottom-10 team defensively. And this year, they've completely flipped it, where they really struggle getting scoring chances and scoring goals. And they're an elite team defensively. So I think it's a pretty different team. Um, in my article, I did, I did talk about this a little bit. And I said that, you know, a team that has a low shooting percentage at five on five and a team that struggles to score does, isn't usually a recipe for playoff upsets. Um, you know, you're going to need to score. So that, that's the real fault that I find in, you know, kind of believing Columbus is going to win this series. But uh, I think it's a pretty different team than last year. Yeah, I'll agree with you on, on that point, that it's a much different team. I think Panarin, Duchesne, and Josh Anderson, who's likely to miss the series due to injury, that's a pretty right. solid first line. Like, Panarin probably should have won MVP this year. He's a, he's nominated, probably won't win, but he probably should. Um, and then Duchesne is, I think, a, a first-line center on, on most teams. Like, he's not maybe in the top of the, the top there, but he's a Team Canada-caliber Canada player. Uh, certainly some years. So uh, just, I mean, you, you, they did get Nyquist. They have made some some small additions there, but uh, I think the defense is still strong. You're still going to get a good forechecking team. You're still going to get a, a team that competes very well defensively. Uh, in terms of Columbus's ability to upset, it wouldn't shock me at all. I think, as you said, anything can happen in a five-game series. Uh, the shooting percentage isn't great. The Blue Jackets play as if they're defending against themselves, like they cannot get to the front of the net. Um, but the Leafs' defense is a little bit uh, known for giving up some high-danger chances. So I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if, you know, th that Riley-CC pairing especially and, and Tyson Berry, 
those three come to mind. If you can, if you can capitalize on mistakes, if you're Columbus, uh, and, and if, if you can overpower guys like Barry in front, it wouldn't shock me if they got some chances. Uh, they don't need much if they can play very good defense. So I think really the, my question is, is how much offense can Toronto put up on this great defense? I would think um, quite a bit, I would hope, especially when you have someone like Matthews shooting from a distance. But that's a big reason why I like Robertson in this series because I think after Matthews and, and maybe Tavares, I don't think the Leafs have amazing shooters uh, in the lineup. And I think Robertson really provides something there because uh, when I look at this this lineup, if the Leafs can win the third line matchup, I like their chances in, in the top two lines. So I, li- I like their odds with Tavares. I like their odds with Matthews. Um, and I guess that's that's another thing I want to bring up is the Leafs last the last two years if we play Boston in the playoffs, they're known, similar to Columbus, for being very good in terms of limiting goals, expected goals, just a high-end exactly. defense, high defensive team. How would you compare Boston from previous years to Columbus this year? Obviously, we, we do know that they have the same or very similar defensive ability, but what differences do you see between the two lineups? Well, I, I keep seeing that people say that the Columbus is the perfect matchup for the Leafs. And, you know, now that they're playing Columbus and I'm looking into this matchup, I start to realize how good Boston really is because Boston has the team defense at the level of Columbus, probably give or take. The goaltending, Chukaras can play quite well. Uh, I don't think he's probably posted as good of numbers as, as Elvis or Corpus Allo in the past, but still can get very good goaltending. But they have the best line in hockey and a respectable 5-on-5 offense, and probably the best power play in the league. Um, uh, and a power play that's absolutely destroyed the, the Leafs in the past two years. Uh, actually, in 14 games, 14 playoff games, Boston scored 14 power play goals. So I don't expect Columbus to even come close to that type of rate in this series. So that's the major difference is the power play and the 5-on-5 offense. But other than that, they're very similar, both very good forechecking teams. Uh, both teams that are good on the cycle, and both teams defensively keep the uh, the opposition to the outside, which, um, you know, the Leafs are really going to have to to do well in this series in that, uh, in that regard, because especially late in the series last year against Boston, Boston did a great job keeping Toronto to the outside, especially in game six, uh, seven, and to a certain extent five, but the, the Leafs were able to win that one. Yeah, I think... As you said, the power play is going to be huge. I think last in last year's playoffs, I didn't want to trade power plays. I just thought, especially the way the Leafs' power play was playing, the second unit was just non-existent. The first unit had their struggles. Uh, but I think this year I'd be more than happy to trade power plays because the Leafs have a far better power play than, than Columbus. They have you know Matthews to shoot the puck. Columbus doesn't really have the same caliber of shooters or the same caliber of puck movers like someone like Marner. So I think from that from that angle, the special teams is, is one of the biggest differences. The other is Boston has that dominant first line. So yeah. and, I, and I wrote in my series preview here, um, I think it's going to be a huge difference for Tavares. I think last year you had Tavares, Hyman, and, and Marner out there basically trying to break even. They were just trying to say, okay, let's play Let's try to play some boring hockey. You know, if, if we can, if it ends up zero zero in, in our matchup, we're, we're thrilled. Whereas with Columbus, it's almost like 
they're trying to shut down Tavares. Like I think Tavares would easily be the most offensive talented player in Columbus. Uh, I do look at this lineup, and I'll, and I'll go through it here, but uh, Felino, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Oliver Borgstrad, that's a very good defensive line uh, that, that looks to be together now. It wasn't at first. They had Felino on the third line. Um, that's the line that I think Tavares is going to match up with. I think it's, you know, th- they're a very good two-way line, but it, it almost feels like they're shutting down Tavares and Marner rather than vice versa like it did last year. So I think that's a big change. Uh, I think with the Leafs two last year, I, th- I did think they had the advantage on the second, third, fourth line, but after the Kadri suspension, not to bring that up again, you know the Nylander, Marlowe, Brown line, they didn't really have the depth edge anymore in terms of scoring. Um, whereas when I look at this this matchup, it feels like the Leafs can certainly win uh, the first line matchup and the second line matchup, given that they have you know those great combinations: Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Marner. Yeah. I agree with you there. I think that there's definitely no comparison between Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand and the Columbus first line. But And I, I definitely do think that the Leafs' first line is better. But there is some reason to be a little bit scared of that Columbus line. I love Oliver Borgstrand. Um, I think he's sneaky offensively good. I love his shot. Uh, not not the most powerful shot, but just he just seems to find like catch goalies off guard. Uh, just kind of a quick release, and, and he, he kind of shoots off his off foot. Um, but so he's a player that I'm, I'm kind of watching and I hope that the Leafs don't really give him too many chances. Um, but, but definitely, yeah. I mean, when, when comparing to that Boston first line, that, that line is, is, uh, (laughs) it's, it's one of the best lines. I think I can't even think of a better line in the past, like five years, even that's better than that one. Yeah. I think with, with last year's matchup, you had Muzzin Zaitsev as a shutdown pairing kind of combined with that Tavares line. Um, and you were just basically saying, like, go out there and try to hold on for dear life. And then once they're off the ice, then you'd have, you know, Matthews come on one line, Nylander come on another. And then on their defense pairs, they had guys like Riley, Dermott, Gardner to really try to push the pace. So it was right. almost like we're going to take one shift, try to play boring hockey, and then we're right back to the regular Leafs. And in this series, I think they're going to be really trying to push the pace at all times. I think... The Leafs want to play high event hockey. Uh, I think they'll happily trade chances with Columbus, just given you know the, the talent they have up front. The Leafs, um, and I, I think Columbus is probably going to be sitting back. They're going to have an extra forward back. Uh, it's going to be tough to break in. You know that they'll they'll take a two one hockey game, or I think the Leafs are going to be trying to push to make it more four three. Obviously, you need to be pretty patient if you're the Leafs. You don't want to start coughing up chances, being too aggressive. But uh, I do think it's going to be a, a pretty exciting series for the Leafs in terms of just trying to push pace at all times. And I do like their their defense pairings. One thing I wanted to point out here is I'm excited for the Muzzin Hall pairing. I just think it gives them a, a, an aspect that they haven't had in past years in terms of that shutdown pairing. Uh, I think they're going to get that, that matchup with Dubois, Felino, Borkstrad. I'm excited for it because I think it does give some, the Leafs something that they haven't had in years past. Yeah, it's easily the best shutdown pair the Leafs have ever had. Like when I compare it to other shutdown pairs in the league, I, I wouldn't say it's one of the better ones, but like it's the, definitely the best one the Leafs have ever had. And and Hall kind of seemed like he was the sorry? current the current version of the Leafs have ever had. I don't know about yeah, like <laughs> well, know. I don't. Well, when was the last time they had one that was better? I don't even know. Like. 
definitely not like post 2004 like i'm not even sure yeah like, that's what i mean though post <laughs> post 2004 we'll, we'll stick to that yeah pre-2004 i don't even like compare it with i think i i had a tweet the other day that it was something about um comparing like the current team to or how happy i was with the lines and uh, i can't remember who it was but someone said well it had to been before 2004 but i can't even compare it to those teams those those teams were stacked and they were way too much fun but but yeah i i I am excited for muzzin hall uh one thing i was wrong about um on the last podcast i was really expecting um riley berry to be a a pairing now i do think that they will be put together in certain situations but uh you know when it comes to cc i think he's been good defensively this year he almost just kind of sucks all offense um out of it but you kind of have to pick your poison i think when it's riley berry columbus is a, is a team that's going to look to counterattack, and riley berry have been subject to making bad pinches when they're playing together and columbus could get some high danger chances off of that when it comes to cc and riley i think the leafs are going to have trouble when the breakout needs to start with on the right side with cody cc and that columbus forecheck can really kind of target him so you got to pick your poison i think cc helps in the in defending the cycle a lot better than barry does so I, maybe that's the reason why uh, he gets the edge there but again i think keith has shown that he is comfortable switching up the pairings mid-game so uh just because it says riley cc I'm, I'm not counting out riley berry to play together and and not even riley dermott i think that they're going to get some shifts together as the series goes along yeah i think now that i'm looking at the lineup this is pretty much my like my favorite lineup or, or pretty much exactly what i would put out there uh i know we've said time after time like i love tavares with marner i like mikhaev there as kind of a defensive presence i love the matthews nylander combination uh, we know hyman plays well with them and then the Kerfoot Kapanen duo, I've been kind of adamant that Ker- Kerfoot should be the third line center. I, I just think that duo can provide some scoring there along with Robertson. And then Engvall's there. They got Spets in the lineup. Like, it's it's pretty, I love it up front. And then on the back end, I like the pairings as well. I would maybe try to put Sandine in, but I'm going to just take that as a given and he's, he's not going to be in the lineup unless there's an injury. Uh, but just looking at the pairings, I didn't like Riley Barry at all, Barry at all. Sorry, and I think with Dermot Barry, they're probably going to get a lot of offensive zone starts. I think that is is pretty good for Dermot's skill set. I think his best attribute is defending zone entries. Uh, if he's in the offensive zone, he could be a competent puck mover. But if if Columbus goes back the other way, he's the guy I want out there to kind of you know stop them at the blue line and, and turn the play around. So. I like that pairing a lot. I think, you know, Riley CC are probably getting more starts in, in the defensive zone. Um, but as you said, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they switch it up for an offensive zone faceoff. Maybe you see Riley in there for a defensive zone faceoff. Maybe they put Dermot in there. Uh, I think that, that flexibility should be there. I think the other thing, too, is now that it, the leaks aren't really... Like, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm not really chasing a matchup in this series the same way I'd be chasing a matchup against uh, the Bruins. So there's no Marshawn Bergeron. Not a chance, yeah. There's not that power line anymore where it's like, everyone get off the ice, we have to get our, our line of choice out here. If, if Matthews is out there and, and the Dubois line comes out, I'm not going to, you know, freak out. And I think 
because of their lack of offense, Columbus, I, I think, like, even if Kerfoot's out there against them, I'm okay with that, too. I think Kerfoot's a fine defensive center. So, for me, I'm, I'm be very focused on, uh, almost on the Leafs themselves, on, on playing Matthews' big minutes, on playing Tavares' big minutes. I wouldn't be chasing matchups quite as heavily, and I, I think that's going to play out in this series. Yeah, and I think also just getting Matthews out against third and fourth lines. Now, I wouldn't say that's chasing per se, but I think that is what Boston did to us last year. Whatever, you know, Gauthier came out, for example, and, and you saw Bergeron and, and Marchand get a shift against them, you were almost like shaking in your boots. And I think this year the Leafs have an opportunity where they can actually do that themselves, where they get Matthews against lower lines because, um, you know, there, there's a lot more flexibility this year. Like you said, there's there's a lot more flexibility and, and there's not really a, a top line that you're really scared of um, in a particular matchup. Uh, you know, while I we were talking about Dermot Barry, I, I didn't have Wi-Fi this, this weekend because I was up north. So I was listening to an old podcast of ours because I happened to download it. And it was episode three, and you and I were talking about Dermot Barry, about how that was going to be our our ideal third pairing. So I just thought it was funny that now, all the way, you know, fast forward to the playoffs, this is what we're getting. Now, I personally didn't think, you know, when I when I thought of that pairing, I didn't want it to be Riley Cece, but I think it is perfect for, for Dermot and Barry. Barry gets as many offensive zone starts as he can get where he does his best work and he's really going to, I think, feast on the the Columbus third and fourth lines. And like you said, Dermot's skill set, it's perfect. He's a fast skater, really does well in the neutral zone when he's defending. And I think it's a it's a perfect matchup. Um, it's a perfect matchup where Dermot Barry go up against the other team's um, bottom lines with a lot of offensive zone starts. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. Let's go through Columbus's lineup lines here quick. Uh, basically what they're running in practice. So they have Felino, Duba, Borkstrand, as we've said. Uh, it's a good line. A lot of like, a lot of weight on that line. They, they play heavy hockey. Uh, just a good possession line. I think it's going to be a, a good matchup, whether they face, I would expect Tavares, but maybe Matthews. Um, then they have Nyquist with Jenner and Atkinson. To me, that's one of their more dangerous offensive lines. Nyquist and Atkinson can both play for some pretty good offense. I think you can attack them. Like I, th- I think that's kind of their one rare, you know, high event line. So like I'd be trying to get Matthews out against them uh, quite a bit. And then they have Texier, Wenberg, and Benstrom. Uh, it's going to be an interesting line. Wenberg can't shoot the puck. Uh, the others, I believe, can. I believe Benstrom can for sure. Uh, right. I think that's a line, though, that you can put out Kerfoot and Incapin and, and and probably Robertson, and just say like break even. I think they can; they're certainly capable of doing that. Then the fourth line: Robertson, Nash, Foodie. Uh, Nash is an outstanding defensive center. Foodie is an outstanding skater. Uh, both him and his brother are just phenomenal skaters. So uh, that is a it is a very defensively focused team. Uh, but there's there's not one line or one matchup that I'm uh, adamant about getting. I think. If if you can put Tavares out against you know that top line, I'm happy. But I trust Kerfoot in that situation. Uh, I just want to get really Matthews out against the other three lines just to get him as many chances as possible. Uh, I just think with Matthews, if that, you can get him an extra chance or two uh, with the matchup, maybe you do it. But I wouldn't go crazy here. As I said earlier, I want to get Tavares Matthews as many as many minutes as possible and. 
even if you stack them on the same line once or twice, as, as Keith has done in the past, I'm perfectly fine with Kerfit coming out the next shift against their top line and you know trying to play a shutdown shift. So uh, I do think the Leafs have the edge, especially in the top six. Um, if they can win the bottom six matchup, I, I really like their chances. So for me, the third line is going to be a major key. If that Robertson, Kerfoot, Kapanen line can produce secondary scoring, if we can get a, a few points out of Jason Spezza here at 5-5, I like the Leafs' chances. Well, the thing is, like that bottom six... Like, I'm not scared of that bottom six offensively at all. Like, that, the goal of the bottom six for Columbus is very similar to the Boston Bruins, where it's like, go out there, do not get scored on, limit sc- scoring chances, let your top guys rest, and get off the ice. Like it's, it's very low event. So I'm not scared of, like, and, and Kerfoot, Kapanen, they're, they're pretty good defensively. Um, so I'm not scared, like, having Robertson on that line at all. So I think... They could even do better than break even. Like I, I'm just not scared of them scoring at all. But I think having Robertson on that line, having Kapanen with with his speed and his ability to uh, to enter the zone and create zone entries, like I think that third line as it is right now, depending on how Robertson looks, of course, um, I think that could do some damage. And then when it comes to their fourth line, again, Riley Nash really good defensively. Like again, I'm not scared about that team, that fourth line scoring any goals against us. Um, unless there's huge gaffes from from Dermot or Barry, but other than that, like I'm pretty happy with that bottom six matchup. Yeah, I don't think like we're not expecting high event hockey from those bottom six of Columbus, but you know you don't want to lose you know three one or four one five one. You want to get some offense if you're the Leafs, uh, basically at all times. I think Columbus is going to be trying to play boring hockey uh, if you know if if. If Columbus's defense pairings play well, if Matthews and Tavares are having a tough time, I, I think the third line we haven't really seen it all that much this year. We had uh, there was a time where Kerfoot was playing in the top six. There was a time where Kapanen was playing in the top six. Uh, Engvall went on a, a, a pretty long goalless drought there at the end of the year. So we haven't. There's been too many nights this year where they haven't had the bottom six scoring, and I think this might be the line that comes together. I, I like Kerfoot's playmaking. Kapanen's always good for, you know, a, go- a breakaway goal or a goal in the rush. He seems to score key goals, and he's getting a lot of praise, it seems, at, at the training camp. So uh, I'm optimistic there. And then I just think Robertson gives them another scoring weapon, someone that, you know, doesn't need to be two feet away from the goalie to score. Um, because Columbus is so damn good at, at limiting those chances that I, I do think Robertson has a chance to be a real kind of secret weapon for the Leafs in this series. Yeah, and, and then when our fourth line, I mean, I, I'm i talking about that, that third episode of everything Leafs that I was listening to this weekend, and we were talking about, we had a, like a 15-minute segment talking about the fourth line of, ready for it? It was Shore, Gauthier, and Timoshov. And about how the usage of that fourth line was, it was like 70% defensive zone starts. So it's like almost a dream having Clifford, who's very strong defensively, adds a little bit of sandpaper, having Engvall at center, and then having Jason Spezza, who's had like a reassurance, this um, resurgence, sorry, um, the second half of the season with Sheldon Keefe. So like this fourth line looks really good. I think that it can also add some offense. Um, and, and I'm really not scared, like having Clifford there, Engvall strong defensively. I'm not, I'm not scared that Columbus is going to outplay 
that fourth line and, and score themselves. So I really like this bottom six. I don't think we've had a, a bottom six this good since maybe even like the, well, especially since Kadri got suspended, but like the JVR, Bozak, Marner days. Um, so yeah, like I, 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 I'm confident in this series, but I still do think it's going to be relatively close. Okay, let's go through the, just the defense pairings here quick. So, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones. I think that's the pairing that everyone everyone knows, everyone recognizes. Um, obviously, Jones was... The, both of them were top 10 picks. Uh, in terms of points, they, they rack up a bunch of points, which I think really makes them well-known. Uh, if you look at like their more advanced numbers, it, it looks like they're slightly overrated. It's kind of tough to tell if... Jones definitely. You know, how much, how much of that is them, and then how much is that is them like their offensive defensemen that, that have no one to pass to. Uh, I can see maybe a little bit of that factoring in, but I think what gets underrated with the Blue Jackets is just the depth of their defense. So Gavrikov Savard is a very good pairing. Uh, Savard's a very good defensive defenseman. He's right shooting, so I've wanted him on the Leafs for a long time. Uh, Gavrikov had a great rookie season, and, and then Murray and Kukan are, they had a good year like they, they both played last year in, in that playoff series against Tampa I really like Marcus Nunavar as well as a seventh defenseman so I just think it's a very deep defense pairing I don't know like I'm, I'm hoping that they don't have the offense the shooting talent uh, to win the series but uh, at the very least I think Toronto's forwards are going to have you know a tough time getting to the net a tough time generating high danger chances I'm hoping for for plenty of power play opportunities I'm hoping for you know, uh, some shots for Matthews that are just, you can't defend against. But this is a very good blue line, and I think the depth is, is really what stands out to me here. Yeah, with that with that top line, I'm definitely on the, I love Wierenski. I think he's he's a really good defenseman. He had 20 goals this year. I think he's going to be a threat. Um, one of their be- better offensive threats on Columbus, um, you know, despite being a defenseman. When it comes to Seth Jones, I definitely think he's overrated. I'm not huge on his ability to defend the blue line. Um, even in his own end, I'm not I'm not too high on him. I think the Leafs, you know, if you have the Marner, Tavares, uh, Mikheyev line, I think they can expose him on that side. Um, you know, just, just with Marner's entries and, and Mikheyev's, you know, even if he crosses over and, and really puts some pressure on, on that pairing. Um, I think they could really expose them, but again, Columbus's forwards are really good defensively. So, and when when it comes to that bottom four, um, David Savard, another player that I'm a big fan of, uh, just so solid defensively. He's almost like a, a quarterback defensively, if that makes sense. When he's out there, uh, I've watched a ton of clips on on Columbus, and just just Savard's ability to navigate when the other team has. Um, like a three-on-two or a four-on-three, like just his ability to navigate where players should be going and telling the forwards where to go to kind of cross that odd man rush chance out. It's it's amazing to see. It's almost like clockwork. Uh, but again, like that bottom four, I'm not scared about them generating much offense. Again, it's it's for them, it's don't get scored on, play boring hockey, low event hockey, and pretty much pick your chances when you get them. So... But again, like I, I agree with what you say. I think it's a deep defense. It's definitely one of the better, you know, kind of six man groups in the league. Okay, some final thoughts here before we take a quick look at the other matchups around the league. Um, for me, as I said, the third line is going to be key. If they can win that one, 
uh, I like their chances. I think last year that Marlowe Nylander Brown line was was pretty underwhelming. Uh, I think they need to be prepared to win two one or three two, just because that's the type of hockey Columbus plays. Uh, I think the Leafs would rather play a high scoring game, but uh, you gotta have to be patient. Even if you're, you know, it's gonna be pretty frustrating if you're down because Columbus doesn't allow much. But you have to be patient, continue to play good defense, and, and be prepared to win the, the two one or three two. I think Boston is. You know, a fine example to take from last year. I thought the Leafs played very well in that series overall. I think Game 5 in particular is a game that I'd be trying to emulate. Um, I think, obviously, as we said, there's differences. Columbus doesn't have the same type of shooting talent, like a David Pasternak. They don't have the same power play. So, so you hope you kind of win at the margins there. Um, I think, as we've, we've said repeatedly, anything can happen in a five-game series. Uh, you just hope that the Leafs can outplay Columbus. Uh, you know, and then just hope for the best in terms of hitting posts, luck, getting a few calls, uh, just a timely goal or two. Um, but I do, I do think and hope that the Leafs should outplay Columbus. Um, yeah, I'll take a bit more of a, a, system, a systems approach here. Uh, kind of when I look at this series, I think the the Leafs breakout is going to be huge. Uh, Columbus needs to generate. If they're going to generate any offense here, it's going to have to be either through the cycle. Uh, or on the forecheck. And the breakout under Keefe has been a lot different. It's a lot more based on positioning and short passes and kind of as a group moving into the neutral zone with speed. So I think there are a lot. the Leafs are a lot more equipped through their systems and their personnel. They have a number of players that can move the puck. Uh, Riley, Dermott, Barry, um, Muzzin, Hall. They're all very competent and they've shown that they can play in this system and, and really break out the puck in a good way. Uh, another way, I just I just think the Leafs need to be their, pick their spots when they pinch in the offensive zone, um, especially when Riley's on and if they have Riley Barry. Uh, we've, we've seen them make some bad pinches, and it's caused some bad odd man rushes and some ugly ones going the other way. And just don't, don't give Columbus any freebies, uh, so keep your pinch smart. And they need to limit silly turnovers in their own end. This year when Columbus and Toronto played, one of the goals that Columbus scored was a Marner coming around the net and he got pickpocketed and it ended in an easy Columbus goal. Columbus is going to have trouble scoring in this series, so there's no need for Toronto to make their lives easier by giving the puck away in their own end. So that's what I mean by don't give any freebies. You know, Don't make it easier for Columbus. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll end off this note. This is now their, I think, the pretty much the fourth playoff run uh, with this core, they've lost twice against Boston, obviously. So, you know, suspensions happened. I, I just think this year they, they have to win this series. I think this is a must win. Um, just as an organization, it might just be a play-in series, but I think it's super important. You know, Anderson's contract's coming to an end in a couple, I think it's two years now. Um, he hasn't won a series for the Leafs yet. They have a different coach, different system that seems to really fit with the current group of players. They have Matthews locked in, Marner's locked in, Nylander's locked in. Uh, you sign Tavares. You know, this playoff series, this kind of break here, has given them a chance to become healthy. I just think there's, there's no excuses going into the series. You're the better team. You're expected to win. So you need to perform um, the series. And, and you know, it, like I said before, it is a must-win uh, against Columbus. Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope so. They, it's the first time they've been the favorite in a series. Um, so I, I do think that, you know, it's a little bit different perspective. As you said, I think the, the breakout's going to be key. I don't know about 
Like, I thought even under Babcock, they were a little bit less reliant on the stretch pass this year as opposed to last year. But uh, the way that Columbus can forecheck, it's going to be key for Toronto's defensemen to be able to make the first pass for the forwards to be available. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, as they did against Boston last year, I thought stretching them out worked quite well. So I think when you have someone like Kapanen out there, Nylander out there, uh, it's not always the worst strategy, but you have to be able to make, like when that's not available, you have to be able to make a, a simple breakout pass under pressure. Uh, that's why I would have loved to see Sandy in the series, because that's what I think is his best part of his game. But, you know, when when Dermott's back there, he's, he's pretty uh, elusive. You know, Riley's very fast. So I do like their chances, especially with that better top pair. Um, but, but moving on to the other matchups here, uh, I want to get your picks. So actually, let's start with let's start with this matchup. What is your prediction in terms of winner and games? Uh, so I got Toronto in five. I think it's going to be. I think their their team defense is good enough to win, um, to win a game. And then I have like one game that's kind of going to be where Elvis or Corpusalo, whoever plays, kind of shines, and Columbus gets a few silly goals and wins one. Uh, but I have I have the Leafs in five. I have the Leafs in four. Um, I think they're the favorite. You know, five is fine. Three is a little bit optimistic. Uh, I think we both agree that if the Leafs win, it's, it's going to be in Toronto. So we align there. Uh, <laughs> Montreal Pittsburgh. What's your prediction there? The it's kind of the I think that's the most lopsided one. But in a five game series, it's it's almost as if we could see that upset. I wanted to pick Montreal so bad, and I'll be cheering for them just for maximum chaos. But I'm going Pittsburgh in four. Um, just too much for Montreal to handle. Like, you know, I don't think we have to go too in depth in this one. I'm going. Mon- oh. uh, I'm going Pittsburgh in five. So. Oh wow. Yeah. You know, Pit- I was gonna say. You know, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was very confident in Pittsburgh against the Islanders a few years back, and that backfired. Uh, I just never want to bet against Crosby and, and Melkin. Uh, I like their defense really more than ever. Um, but I do think that Montreal, I think Price gets, like, way too many people are talking about Carey Price right now, but I like their defense, whether it's Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, guys like Philip Deneau. Uh, I, I do think that helps. Uh, my question for Montreal is can they get their power play going because it's been dreadful for years, it seems. Uh, I do not like watching it. And if they can get their power play going, who knows? So, uh, I actually think Montreal is a decent five-on-five team. It's just, you know, can they, can their power play get hot? So I'm going to say five. I think they're going to make them sweat it out a bit. Uh, how about Carolina and the Rangers? I think this is a great series. So do I. I think it's too. It, it's it's a fun series for sure. Carolina has been one of the more fun teams the past couple of years, and the Rangers this year, you know, with Panarin and and they just look great. So I, I got I have Carolina and five. Um, I think that run last year is really going to help them. Um, that defensive core, I'm really big fan of. They kind of play that modern uh, puck possession style hockey, which I think translates really well into uh, playoff series. So I'm going to have them in five. I'm going to go with an upset here and go the Rangers. I do think Carolina is a better team. Uh, I just I don't have too much confidence in their goaltending. I think it's going to cost them at some point. I don't know if it's going to be the first round or or later, but I'm going to predict that it happens here. Uh, the Rangers, they got some holes. They're not great defensively. I don't think they're the better team, but someone like Panarin, he's got some some experience with upsets. 
Uh, he's coming off a great year. Uh, I think Mika's has been a Jad's a fantastic player. I love, love Chris Kreider, the way he plays. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rangers in a bit of an upset, but uh, I do think Carolina's a better team. How about last one in the East here, Islanders versus the Panthers? Uh, so this one, I'm, I'm going to go with the Islanders here um, in four. Uh, probably my more... I, I don't know. I, I just It just feels like one of those years where some some silly things are going to happen. And I've never been a fan of... Well, not never, but past couple of years, I haven't been a fan of the front office decisions um, of the Islanders, obviously. But, um, you know, again, they've gotten pretty good goaltending this year. I think that that's going to matter in a series against a Florida team that, um, you know, might not be able to score as easily against this team. Uh, so I've rather got them in four, and I couldn't pick, couldn't pick every series in five. So uh, I had to go with four here. I went the other way here, too. I went with the upset. Florida in five. Uh, Islanders have just never been that impressed with, except for that series against Pittsburgh. But I just don't think they have a ton of offense or star power. Like, they're a solid team. They're well coached. But, you know, Florida has that great top line. I think their power play can get hot, given that Hoffman's there. And you know, we saw what they were a year ago. Uh, I, I like that team. I just think... I just enjoy watching them play on, on, on the back end. Uh, you know, maybe Ekblad isn't isn't what he's hyped up to be, but I do think that they have depth on the blue line. Uh, they got some good young defensemen there. They got some star talent up front. I think they're going to squeak in and, and steal that. Of course, Bobrovsky. I don't even know if he's playing or starting, um, but if he's if he is playing and, and he he's back to his old self, they got a good chance. Uh, I think with any of these, really, I think goaltending is going to be a huge, huge question. Of course. Let's move to the West here. So let's start with the all-Canadian matchup, Calgary <laughs> versus Winnipeg. This is probably, other than the Leaf series, I'm probably the most excited about this one. Um, I got Calgary in five. I really want this to, one to go the distance. Um, I love Calgary's defensive core. I just love Calgary as a team. I think they've got a bunch of players that are almost uh, underrated. Mangiapane comes to mind. I know you're a big fan of him. I love oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, like they just have a fun team. Um, and Winnipeg. I don't know if I just have something against Winnipeg because of the whole Lonnie Matthews thing. I haven't let that one go, but um, maybe I'm going with a little bit of favoritism here. But I'm going Calgary in five. I do also have Calgary. I'll save five as well. Uh, Winnipeg just was brutal defensively this year, partly due to injuries. Obviously, they traded Truba. They didn't have Bufflin. Uh, you know, it, it almost felt like Morrissey was on his own for some nights. Uh, I do love their their forwards. Like, I'm a huge fan of Ellers, Ehlers. Sorry. Uh, Shifley, big fan of Wheeler. Lonnie's got an amazing shot. Uh, Kyle Connor's great. So, that it's going to. Winnipeg's a fun team, but I think Calgary has a lot to prove after last year. Uh, I think Goudreau could go off just after last year. Kachuk's great to watch. They have such a good defense. Uh, I think the big question, obviously, is Hellebuck, who you know you could argue should have won the MVP this year. Ain't that good of a year? Um, but if the goalie, if the goaltending is is close, I'm gonna go with Calgary, just due to the. Uh, I just think they're a better, better team top to bottom and, and a much better defense. Um, let's go to I guess. One that we could see tons of offense in, and that's Edmonton versus Chicago. What do you got there? I've got Edmonton in five. I'm starting to realize now that all the Canadian teams, other than Montreal, I have them winning. But really? um, 
Yeah, I think yeah, I've got Edmonton in five here. I think that McDavid line. Um, this is probably like the biggest upset I think I have. I guess we'll see at the end, but um, yeah, I think that McDavid line is is and Drysaddle have been so good this year, and Chicago is going to have a tough time defending against them. Um, short series, so sometimes like having a really good line, they can make a huge difference, and I think we're going to see that here. So uh, yeah, I've got Edmonton in, uh, in five. Sorry. Yeah, you have Winnipeg losing, of course, because it's an all-Canadian matchup. But uh, Right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> with uh, Edmonton-Chicago, I'm going Edmonton, too. I think it's the second most lopsided series, maybe even the most lopsided. Um, there's not going to be a ton of defense in this series, but uh, I think Chicago just doesn't have any defense. And against McDavid Dreisaitl, that's a problem. I think Edmonton is much deeper than they than they used to be with guys like Tyler Ennis, uh, Athanasiu, uh, James Neal, so I, I just think they're going to be too much to handle. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto had a very good rookie year. Um, again, like Crawford's a pretty good goalie who could potentially steal a series, but uh, I just think Edmonton's offense, I just don't think the Blackhawks really have the answers for uh, that offense. Uh, I think, I'm going to say I think the most boring one here, so I don't save it for last, that's Vancouver versus Minnesota. For me, Minnesota just plays boring hockey. Uh, I think this is the most boring of the eight series, but what do you have here? I disagree. I love watching Vancouver. Um, but here I have Vancouver in, I think it's four. Yeah, Vancouver in four. One thing about Minnesota that kind of has confused me this year is I'm not really a big fan of their uh, forwards. They've had one of the highest shooting percentages this year at five on five. Um, one thing about this four month break is that it's almost like a brand new season. So I think you're going to see a lot of kind of the luckier teams like Minnesota, for example, are going to really deviate back down to their, their, where they should be. Um, and Vancouver's had a tough time defending this year. Um, and you know, I think they're lucky to be playing a a team like Minnesota that I think they're going to struggle this. Um, I think they're just not, not going to be able to have that same shooting luck, uh, against Vancouver, but Again, Vancouver's defense is something that they're going to have to really kind of overcome. But I think this is going to be a coming out series for their for their really good uh, young players like Pedersen and Besser and even uh, Hughes. So I got uh, Vancouver in four here. I'll go with Vancouver in five. I do think Minnesota is very good at playing defensive hockey. Uh, just their, their two defense pairings, Suter with Spurgeon. I'm a huge fan of Spurgeon. And then... Matt Dumba with Jonas Brodeen. So I think that's, you know, they're going to play huge minutes, those two defense pairings. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher for Pedersen than he's used to. Uh, guys like Miku Koivu are, are great defensively. It, it's, a, it's a very disciplined team, but I do think Vancouver is the better team. Uh, I love watching Pedersen. I love watching Quinn Hughes. Uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to go down to the wire. Um, but... I'll go with a team that I enjoy watching more in the Canucks. Last one here. Arizona, which is, you know, made the news for the wrong reasons this week. <laughs> and Nashville. Does Arizona have maybe a little bit extra firepower to that puts them over the top here? Or are you going with Nashville? Uh, no, I'm going Nashville. I, this is my only sweep that I have. I think Arizona's wow. just... I think they just have so much going on right now. It just kind of fits the narrative that this is going to be a, a quick series. I do like I like, do like their team to a certain extent. And, you know, they do have a lot of good fours like Clayton Keller that I'm a fan of. Obviously, Phil is there and Taylor Hall. But um, 
you know, I don't really have a good reason for this one. I think that Nashville is a team that's been in the playoffs before. Um, and I, I, there has to be one sweep. So I'm going with Nashville. And Arizona's unfortunately the, uh, the butt end of the joke. I'll go with Nashville too. Um, even though Kessel has giving good, Arizona a game? Kessel has good playoff numbers. I'm giving them a game for sure. So okay, I'll okay. give them, uh, I'm going to say in five actually. Wow. I'll give him Kessel's going to have a big one. Kessel is coming to play. Feel the thrill. I think with... I just love Nashville. Like, I, I love watching Ryan Ellis. I love watching Ekholm. Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a good battle of the blue lines because I, I think Halmerson and, and Ekman Larson, you know, those kind of guys. And Chikrin is there too. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, a battle of two pretty good defenses. Um, I do think with with... Nashville, can they get any sort of power play going? Because that power play has been dreadful in past years. Uh, I cannot stand watching it. But I do love Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg, sorry. And I think Duchesne gives them an extra component that they haven't had in a while. I love the Johansson, Duchesne, Benito trio. Uh, I, I think now that they can run, you know, two borderline first line centers out there. Uh, I, I do like their, just their depth. I, I like Craig Smith. Uh, there's just so many players I, I like. I just enjoy watching them play. I'm going to miss the Nashville crowd for sure. Um, um, yeah, that's a, that's one of the best crowds ever. But um, You know, I, th- I think that we mentioned like four Coyote defensemen and we didn't even mention our favorite of the podcast, Ilya Dabushkin. So now I'm kind of wow. feeling bad that, I'm kind of feeling bad that I said that they're going to lose in three, but... Um, you know, I want I want him on the Leafs next year. So, the more chaos for Arizona right now, the better. I don't even know if I want him anymore. Um, <laughs> but maybe he'll take the series over. Maybe this will be Ilya's series. He'll, he'll... No, but then he gets then he gets signed. So yeah, we, get... we need him That's to okay. have a bad series so that we we scoop him up for nothing. That's okay. Stash him um, as a seventh. I think Sullivan because Sullivan took over as the GM there. He used to play for Nashville, and I always remember that. Uh, that clip where the guy, the fans making fun of him and then the fan gets hit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if, if this week, if the fan was saying like, you'll never be a GM. And then all of a sudden he becomes GM. It had to be something like that. No one's holding, but well, at least no fans will be hit uh, in the face with a puck, this playoff series. So let's go. Yeah, maybe, I guess, I guess that's a good point. I guess that's uh, you know, one of the few benefits we have to, to no fan. One yeah. last thing before we get out of here. We have a 30-second team coming to the NHL, the Seattle Kraken. What are your thoughts on the jerseys? What are your thoughts on the names? Are, is there a risk of losing you and, and Leafs Nation to the Kraken Nation? No. Well, also, uh, I've received a, a contract uh, offer for the Everything Kraken podcast. Wow. So I was hoping to bring you with me. Let's get but, Kraken. Uh, let's call it Let's yeah. Get Kraken. <laughs> that'd be an interesting intro for that one but um no i like the jerseys i mean i thought everyone was going a little nuts for them but uh you know anytime you get like a lot of excitement for these new teams but uh it's good but um i think they have a they have some big shoes to fill like because vegas came in you know they 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 that first year like that's a tough year to to even try to match or even try to like come close to so i don't know how the kraken are gonna do it i don't think they'll come close but I didn't think so with Vegas either. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll kind of bring another layer with the expansion draft. 
Uh, I'm excited to see their rivalries once they get a little bit better uh, with Vancouver because obviously they're so close. So I, I think it's going to be it's fun to see. At least it makes it 16 and 16 in terms of the conferences. Uh, it just looks nicer. And uh, I love watching Vegas play. So if they can even come close to what Vegas was, maybe not year one, but maybe year two or three, uh, if they can be like a, even a borderline playoff team, I'm excited to see those, you know, the, that arena, assuming there's fans. Uh, yeah. It, it should be fun. But uh, Nick, we'll have to... We'll have to record, I guess, this week. We're gonna have lots of uh, lots of things to talk about. The Leafs play the the Habs, a couple exhibition games. Um, so I think we'll see everybody very soon. And uh, excited to have hockey again. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you later this week.